If you are a businesswoman working to amplify your six and seven figure business from success to significance, then you know it's not just about the right strategies or the right tactics. It's more and more about high caliber people around you, your team, your collaborators, and advisors that can open doors for you and widen your reach. Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Welcome to your Circle of Influence. I'm your co-host, Amy Walker. I am Dr. Monica Ogando. And today we are talking about a really critical piece of your thought leadership, which is your origin story. Mm. How do you share from a place of authenticity and vulnerability what set you on your path? What brought you to the place of um, where you are today? What did you learn along the journey? I mean, every superhero, my, so my younger two boys um, have been out of school for a long time and have been bored for a long time. And so we came up with this thing where we call it the pick five. So every day they get to pick five different activities. And one of them, they are so into superheroes. So one of them is creating new superheroes. And so they sit there and they craft their origin stories and they craft their powers. And it's Mm -hmm. so fun to be able to watch that process. But as I've watched them build, you know, the, the uniforms and the outfits and discuss all of this, like everything is based around that origin story. That's the beginning of everything and Mm -hmm. where they find their purpose. Like they might have the power because they just have it, but they don't know how to use and harness and direct that power until they have the origin story. So I think it's a pretty critical piece. Yes. So if you, if you are a fan of comics, if you're a fan of movies, then you know that most of those plots have a formula and it derives from the hero's journey as espoused and popularized by Joseph Campbell, who was a very famous American mythologist. And the hero's journey has 12 stages. And here's the distinction that I want to make for us, particularly as entrepreneurs, as business owners, is that you have your origin story, but so does your customer. And typically you want your origin story to fit into your customer's uh, hero's journey, because that is the way that they will see how what you have to offer, the solutions that you offer to the problems that they have make sense. And when I go through the hero's journey steps, you'll understand why I'm saying that. You know what? I love that you're saying this too, because I'm thinking through the speakers and the presentations that I've sat through where their origin story was so unconnected and unrelated that I was just like, okay, next, like you're waiting for it to be done. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's not because their story is bad or because they need to make up something. It's because they didn't go through the process of connecting those dots. Yeah. It's so important. It is so important. So if you think of the hero's journey kind of like in three stages, just like a movie has three acts or a play has three acts, right? So the hero's journey has three, three stages also. So there's the departure stage where the hero leaves the ordinary world. So everything is hunky-dory and do-do-do, just life in regular, you know, me land. And something happens that initiates you. Something traumatic, something pivotal ventures you into an unknown territory. And 
through trials and tribulations and challenges, then you become the hero. You become a true champion. You, uh, you uncover your own resilience or your own creativity or ingenuity. There may be different aspects of your character that, that are evoked out of your own trials and tribulations. And that characteristic needs to connect with your customer. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then, so there's an initiation act. So there's a departure act of your ordinary world. Then there's the initiation act, which is you venturing into this unknown territory, you dealing with a problem, you dealing with a crisis. And then the return act is how did you come out of that? What did you do to return in triumph as it were? Right. So I'm not going to go through all the 12 stages, but those are the main three themes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you think about what impelled you? And we do this when we interview folks in our in our episodes, in our podcast. We talk about how, what was your beginning, what was the moment of struggle, and what are you doing now? So in a way, we already have implemented the departure, the initiation, and the return phases into their hero's journey so you could hear it, right? So we, we've modeled this for you. And you want to do this for yourself with your origin story. What was life like in your ordinary world and what impelled you into some unknown territory? What was the crisis? What was the moment of struggle? And how did you bring yourself out of it? And when you can speak to that in light of the problems or the challenges or the concerns that your consumers or your customers or your ideal clients or prospects are facing, then you make yourself not only relatable, but you also establish your credibility because they're like, oh, if she did it, so can I. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, there's a couple places where I feel like people get their origin story wrong. And one is I have noticed that you can get sympathy from an audience, mm -hmm. but not credibility at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. mm -hmm. it, it's like the woe is me version, like to tell your story in a way that empowers your audience versus in a way that's like, you should all feel bad for me. Right. And you, you know, and, and trying to gain that, that woe is me type experience. So I think you can tell the same story with two different filters in front of it. And you want to make sure that you're telling your story in a way that is empowering mm -hmm. and makes people feel like, oh, this is good. The other thing is when they tell it, when you tell a story that I can't relate to the experience you have to tell it in a way that I can relate to the emotion. So maybe I have not gone through what you're going through. Like I remember being in an event and somebody was telling a story about the day when her birthday party got broken up by the police because her mom was like cooking meth, I think. And, you know, I'm sitting there in the store in the audience and like, I couldn't relate to that story at all. Yeah. But you know what I could relate to was, um, being a 12 year old girl and my mom coming home and telling me that she was leaving mm -hmm. and that, that sense of like your mother gets ripped out of your life overnight. Like I could relate to that. And so I, as I was listening to this, you know, I'm thinking, but, and it's fine because I, that story wasn't for me. It was for the audience and the audience mm -hmm. could relate more to that story. Mm -hmm. But I remember thinking like, I want to invite her to be on my stage as well because she's a dynamic trainer, but how would that story have to shift? It would have to be more focused around the common emotions. So when you go into a new audience, you don't have to change your story every time, but you do have to know who that new audience is mm -hmm. to know how to create those emotional ties because that's really what you're trying to create is not factual ties. Um, I tell a story from stage often about, you know, the time I got lost in Russia. Most people have not been lost in Russia, but they can relate to not having the right tools 
they can relate to feeling like you're, you know, lost and going around in circles and not making any progress Mm -hmm. and needing some help, but not feeling like you're connecting with the right help. So there's a lot of common ties in there. So make sure that you're paying attention to those emotional ties as you're sharing that origin story. Yep. That's exactly right. So there's, that's the conversation too, about the relatability piece. I'm glad that you brought up about, um, about the relatability and also the the sympathy part is that you can actually use the pain of your story to relate to the pain of your customer so that it's not about woe is me it's more like i understand what you're going through because what i went through yeah well it's that it's that what's your intention behind it are you doing it because you want them to feel bad for you or are you doing it because you want them to feel empowered that they can transcend because the audience feels it. They really feel it. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people do the woe is me side. And it's like, I watch the audience cry with them and then not buy from them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you want them to maybe cry with you, but also buy from you. So it's got to be about helping them to transcend. Um, Okay. Here's my pet peeve. Mm -hmm. My pet peeve is when people say your mess is your message and use it as an excuse to stay in their mess. I don't want to learn about financial literacy from somebody who is currently super broke. I don't want to learn about relationships from somebody who's in a terrible marriage. Mm -hmm. I don't want to learn about business from somebody who's barely keeping it together at the seams. Like this idea of your mess is your message. Sometimes people take that. And I don't know, maybe those of you who are not in the speaking training, um, expert space, you might not get that. You're like, who would ever say that? But it gets said a lot in my industry. And it's one of my pet peeves because a lot of times people use that as an excuse to stay messy. Well, I'm going to put it like this. Your mess can only be your message when you're out of it. If you're Mm -hmm. still in your mess, you don't have a message yet, ma'am. You have a journey. Yeah, that's so good. (laughs) But there are a lot of people out there that are like in the middle of their mess trying to teach other people about it. I'm like, yeah, Work out of it first. Because the other thing is you have some area of your life that's not messy that you've already worked through. Train on that for a while. That's right. Yes. And you know why I think people don't do that? I I heard Jay-Z in an interview say some time ago that that he almost didn't go into the hip hop or rapping career because it came so easy for him. He just kind of like sat in his dining room table, just kind of like going through flows and it would come off the top of his head and it's just so easy. But his mother inculcated in him the idea that, um, success comes with hard work. So if this isn't, if this is not hard, then I can't be successful at it. Let me just leave it by the wayside. So he almost missed out on his own zone of genius because it came easy to him. So I think sometimes people miss, miss the opportunity to use part of their origin story because they're like, Oh, that's no big deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, no, it's no big deal to you because this is a zone of mastery for you. But for other people, this is hope. You can give them hope. Okay. So now Monica, you are going to mentor me in the moment and through me mentor other people. Okay. So I don't have a traumatic story. I have interesting stories, but I've always had a hard time pinpointing like the origin story Mm -hmm. because some of the things that were more traumatic are not things that I want to share with everybody. Yeah. And some of the things that that were really transformative didn't look that big on the surface. Yeah. This is a good point. It doesn't have to be this big, you know, I was, I was born by the river in a little tent. It doesn't have to be the Sam Cooke story (laughs) or the Sam Cooke song, Change Gonna Come, right? It Mm -hmm. can really just be a pivotal moment for you. 
And one of the reasons why I love Maureen Murdoch's work, she wrote a book about the heroine's story as opposed to the hero's journey. Because in the hero's uh, journey, the enemy or the adversary or the dragon to be slayed is outside of you. You go out there and you slay a monster. Whereas mm -hmm. the heroine's journey is much more an internal process. You're going to have to face your inner mm -hmm. demons. You're going to have to face something inside of you. And to the naked eye, that sometimes does not look like anything traumatic. Right. You know, a, a battle of conscience, a crisis of conscience might just be an inner turmoil that you find yourself drowning in. But to other people, like, oh, she's just driving her car and taking the children to school and she's going to her job and nobody knows that there's a, a storm brewing inside. So this is an important distinction. And I remember you sharing with me the story about, you know, um, you, I think, I don't remember which pregnancy it was, but you were pregnant and you were like, I need to find a way to be. Can I just say how funny it is too, that you're like, I don't remember which pregnancy it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know my eyes get cross-eyed after the second child. I'm like, I don't even know. It's the next one, whatever. <laughs> five people. There's five. <laughs> five beautiful boys. Um, so, so, but it, but what's important about that is that you were at this crossroad, you were, you're building your family, your family's about to get bigger. And it's like, what I've been doing, isn't working with the way things are now, Never mind with a, an additional person, a member of our family, I'm going to have to figure out a different way to do this. Yeah. And the details are in there about, you know, Steven's job and your job. And, and you were thinking about, you know, a direct marketing company and blah, blah, blah. Those details can all be added in there depending on your audience. But the theme is, holy cow, what I've been doing isn't working and I need to find a better way. And, mm -hmm. and there's obviously there's many people in, in all walks of life that can relate to that. And the inner turmoil was, how do I be a good partner to my mate, a good mother to my children? and still be able to be true to myself and my passions and what interests me and be the person that I want to be in the world, independent of the labels that I have or the roles that I play. Because a lot of women have that inner turmoil as well, wouldn't you say? Yes, for sure. And I also remember at that phase, by the way, that was baby number five. Um, but I also remember at that point too, feeling very stifled mm -hmm. in the position that I was in. Like it, it was made clear to me that they were not going to give me space for unlimited growth, that there was going to be a cap, which, you know, in the beginning, it felt like unlimited growth because there was so much opportunity. But when you hit that, when you bonk your head on that glass ceiling and all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, mm -hmm. there's not more. Mm -hmm. That's never a good feeling. And so I think you're right. I love the heroine's journey. I am so glad that you said that because I since we interviewed um, Brielle Cotterman, mm -hmm. I've been thinking about this story and it's been bothering me because I have like good selling stories and I, I have the stories for the positions of my talk, but I haven't really had the origin story. And I've been thinking through like, what is it? What is it? What is it? Yeah. And this heroine's journey conversation has totally given me a couple of ideas. There's another one where um, this was, I, I, also measure life according to who was I pregnant with. <laughs> so <laughs> right. this was, I was pregnant with my, um, I was pregnant with my fourth and we had been through a series of financial struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, just really, we were living in this 200 year old farmhouse with four different colors of green shag carpet and the wallpaper was falling off the walls. And, um, if you ran the toaster and the microwave at the same time, it blew the power and the power fuse was on a pole outside it was so like 
rigged. Like they, it, it almost looked like they had just stolen power from the power company and run it to the house. Oh my <laughs> so, gosh. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a mess. And, um, and we were trying to rebuild out of this place of like financial ruin and devastation and figure things out. And here I am the whole time as an entrepreneur feeling like such a fraud you know, like I have a business and why am I feeling like such a fraud? And we went on this, um, we went on this church camp and they were talking to the kids about transforming themselves and like burying like that, those parts of yourselves. And it was talk, it was a church camp. So it was talked about in the context of sin, but like burying your sins. And we each had a rock and then we buried our rocks along this beach. And I remember writing on that rock, I buried living below my potential because I could feel it. I could feel it so strongly at that point in my life. I'm looking around and everything around my life felt like it was below my potential. It was below who I was created to be. It was below what I knew I was capable of and what I felt I was capable of. And I remember that, that season looking around and going, I can either accept this or I can push through this. I can either say, I just have to learn to get by with less and become a master budgeter and cut coupons and, you know, do, do this. I can get really good at being poor or I can push through this and I can figure out what I'm actually capable of when I remove that fear of really going after it. And so that was a transformative moment for me truly to walk out of that, which then prepared me for, you know, two years later, being ready to start my own company. First, I had to make that decision though. Like I will no longer live below my potential. Doesn't mean I always live up to my potential, but it means I will never settle in that space of mediocrity. Yes. Yes. And see when you, when, see how that wasn't traumatic, not, not in the, like somebody yeah, died like, or nobody's beating me up. I'm yeah. not. Yeah. And yet it speaks to the pain that a lot of people are silently living through. And some, for some are a shameful secret of like, I know I can do more. And I've been getting away with doing less because I have more potential in my pinky than a lot of people have in their whole body. And so, I, but I know that I'm capable of more and I have not allowed myself to rise above what I know just because I've been coasting. And so if you were to tell that story, you would definitely hit that button for people of saying, okay, it's time for me to step it up. And, it, and then it becomes an enrollment conversation as to whatever it is that you're offering, because now you've spoken to the whole idea of you get to have courage and step it up. Yeah. I think I found my origin story. I needed hey. that. It's funny because I've studied this before, but I had not heard about the heroine's journey and that being that internal process. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. That's why, you, <laughs> that's why intersectionality is so important. And you know, mythology and the, the metaphysics of story, that's my jam, you know that. Um, but that's why intersectionality is so important because if you only have it from the masculine point of view, there's a lot of things that you miss out. And if you only have it from the feminine point of view, which is the hero's journey, there's a lot of external, um, you know, just, just linear logic, thinking, reason, uh, activity, result, outcome that you miss out because it's all process, process, journey, journey. And it's like, no, eventually we have to cross a finish line. Mm -hmm. But if you just focus on the finish line, there's a lot of internal transformation that you miss out on. Yeah. Good stuff. Juicy. Mm -hmm. All right. I think we need to have a listener challenge for our yeah. listeners Let's do it. to share their hero's journey, their origin story, the heroine journey, however you want to do that yeah. in the Facebook group. You can yeah. write it, you can share it in video, but come on guys, like 
we need to practice it and fine tune it. And so yeah. come over, practice fine tune, get some feedback and um, let that be a safe space to start crafting that if you haven't done it already. And I if you that. haven't done it already, then just share it so other people can see what it looks like. And you know what we can do, Amy? We can put in the show notes the heroine slash hero's journey um, documentation that I have. You can pick it up there, you can download it, and then you can use that to make sure that you can that you can check, you know, kind of use it as a checklist of the things that you've included in your origin story so we can craft it and help you really um, chisel it to be something that you can deliver on stage or in written form. Monica, I want to throw something out that we did not talk about. Um, what if we did a contest? <gasps> so we could do a contest and the person that we feel like uses the resources, crafts the best hero, heroine, journey story, origin story, then, um, you and I give them a business strategy session where we'll go into their business and we can work. I mean, we both have different skill sets mm -hmm. and they can just utilize our brilliance in whatever way they want. I love think? it. Pimp me out, Amy. Pimp me out. I love it. Let's do it. Well, I think we have pretty much covered this topic well. Um, I appreciate you helping me with my breakthrough because that was well, good. I, I like, I'm already in my mind. I'm like, I need to sit down and write that out and make yes. a video with it. I'll, uh, you send me an invoice for the things that you've blessed me with and I'll send you an invoice for this and it'll cancel each other out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, we appreciate all of you being here with us. Um, please leave us a review, leave us a comment, tell us what you're liking, ask your questions. We've got some Q&A sessions that we have scheduled and we'd love to just be able to answer what you have on your mind. And make sure that you're joining us in the Facebook group, Your Circle of Influence podcast, so you can connect and communicate with other six and seven figure entrepreneur women who are doing the journey with you. We're excited. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. You have worked hard and you've earned your place at the table of influence. Wouldn't it be great to have a board of advisors that celebrate your wins, support your growth, and challenge your blind spots? That's why we host our influencer circles for six and seven figure business women. If you are a high achieving entrepreneur woman who wants a deep dive in business strategy, collaboration, and strategic relationships, go to yourcircleofinfluence.com forward slash influencers and reserve a spot in one of our upcoming circles.